0: This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal.
1: everybody this is the more than work podcast by people centric consulting group i am alone today matt griswold your host and i'm joined today though uh as a special guest here tony corpin of school transportation news and tony one of the reasons i wanted to bring you on was really talk about the company of school transportation news and 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 the event space but really let's go ahead and set the stage just a little bit here because i i need to since this is just audio i am looking over your shoulder we just kind of joked about it but i don't know if that's a palm tree or not. There, but it looks like a palm tree. There, right behind you. There, so uh, Tony, uh, as president, publisher of School Transportation News magazine, maybe the, where are you based? What is the magazine about? Talk to us about your company.
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on, and really uh, excited to see your face again and hear yeah. your voice. And uh, it's nice to see human beings every once in a while. Uh, we've been we've been working from home. Uh, most of my staff. We we moved into that virtual model when this thing hit. Uh, I think it was like you know that late March. And uh, STN is a public school transportation news. We've been around since the early 90s, family-based company. My parents started it when I was a kid. We operate three in-person conferences, and now in 2020, we operate three virtual conferences. So we are in the virtual conference business thrust into that. Uh, You know, it's a, it's a forced innovation. I think right now for many businesses, uh, we were always talking about it. Uh, Would our, would our customers participate? Would our sponsors, you know, would they support it? I don't know. We're just going to stay live. And then, yeah, that's when uh, the dumpster fire of 2020 happened. And (laughs) we're, uh, we're, we're definitely all in on the, uh, on the virtual Train. So so we're in on that. And, you know, like any modern media company, we've got digital assets. Uh, the STN website, we actually broke over 3 million page views wow. uh, in in November, which is actually a 1.2 million page view increase over 2019. So I'm sure COVID had a lot to do with that. And we've been really at the forefront of the coverage around schools. If you guys uh, who are listeners have any school aged children, you probably know as parents, you are doing virtual learning. And uh, we are covering all the nuances of that and how schools and school transportation supports children, if that's with meal delivery for those people that might have uh, more challenging home situations where they need meals. Um, you know, you don't realize it, but kids get their meals from schools. Many kids that don't go to school don't yeah. eat otherwise. Yeah. So yeah. I think that there are uh, definitely, you know, we're, we're privileged where we live there in Torrance. Uh, you know, my family doesn't have to have that challenge, but there are many that do. So yeah. um, we make sure that, that we get the information out as well as uh, with remote education. Uh, kids, they are in that remote learning and many kids don't have access to Wi-Fi. And so school buses uh, got real creative and they parked school buses in areas to provide Wi Fi to children so they could then access the remote learning. And oh, you know, cool. I think I think at best we try to support the schools as best possible as an, as its own kind of little fiefdom and entity of, of the industry, but children are our focus, right? So yeah. that's what our magazine talks about. It's all the nuances of how these transformations. Transportation professionals can deliver safer, more efficient transportation to kids and provide that service to parents. So yeah. that's really what our credo is. We, we we definitely try to bring the industry together and you know give people that knowledge and create that sharing. And that's kind of what it's evolved into. And uh, we actually do our own podcast called mm-hmm. School School Transportation Nation, which I'm the host of, as well as my chief content officer, Mr. Ryan Gray. So um, we are a weekly podcast. Um, to communicate with our with our community. And that's probably one of the greatest things that came out of COVID is we've innovated and, and the yeah. podcast is one of those things. And it provides, I think it's interesting because to go from the written word in a publication, when you're verbalizing and humanizing the connection between you and your readers or your audience, no matter the platform, it, it provides a really personal touch point. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of podcasts. A lot of our advertisers uh, find Find it very intriguing from a sponsorship perspective. I think they find a lot of value in being able to reach uh, an audience with a pretty consistent cadence. Maybe even having an interview yeah. or reading ads or things like that. So yeah, we've we've learned a lot. We've gotten better from episode one to episode forty-one, which is what yeah. we completed uh, this last week. So yeah, lots lots to do at STN. No rest.
1: <laughs> all of these all of these things that you're talking about, man. It sounds like oh yeah, we're winning at this and we're winning at this. And, and a year ago, we were not even having this conversation, right? You're you're having in-person events. I know our own Don Harkey and I have had the opportunity to be able to go to two or three of those events and speak for you. We've worked together in the past. I know for, for everybody listening right now, what do you mean you can see each other? This is a podcast. Full disclosure, we're on Zoom. So we're seeing each other's non-verbals here, uh, but you're only hearing the audio of this. And so, you know, to have your life, you know, flipped upside down, so to speak, as so many people did, you now, as a, as a president of a company who is heavy in the event space have a lot of decisions to make. And a lot of, and a lot of those decisions, you can't just freak out and kind of freeze. Like you have to, you have to be able to move and be able to pivot uh, fairly quickly. And so something I wanted to talk to you about is, so you're, you're in that space, you're in the event space, you're hosting how many events per year? No, Not now, but a year ago, you know, pre COVID.
2: Yeah, we had, th- we have three live events.
1: Three live events per year, very well, very well attended. And even though you're coming to us from the beaches of Malibu, you cover North America really with your listen, listeners and and you know, you're you're not just it's not just California friendly school transportation news. You're covering transportation news, you know, the articles that are relevant all over all over the country in North America. And so I, I think it's pretty phenomenal now that you're faced with this decision. Kind of take us back. You're in the event space there. You know, you have three live events. They're not little events, and they're not right in your backyard necessarily. You're going to the Midwest, and you know, you're going to Texas. And I, I know I was able to speak at one in Indianapolis and Reno, and, and we're covering different places there. What do you do when you're faced with, oh man, we're not going to be able to meet live anymore? Uh, what what does Tony Corbin do as president of STN at that time?
2: You know, I was I was trying to stay optimistic, man. That's uh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> really what That is what it takes. I think you know, uh, pivot or you know, agile or flexible. Right. I mean, any adjective Crabby. you use. That's yeah. that. That's it. That's it. The, you, you gotta you gotta remain flexible. I think in the environment that you're in, and, and that's what we were doing. And really, to kind of bring it back, is we had a conference that we host called Transporting Students with Special Needs, uh, a, a TSD conference. If you want to check it out, it's TSDconference.com. And we we had that event in March, uh, and it was ready to go. Graphics were printed. Tickets right. were booked. Vendors were calling me. Hey, is it a go? Is it a no go? Um, we were like, yeah, it's still a go. It's still a go. Because if you remember when COVID hit, it was right around that kind of mid March timeframe where, you know, there were a lot of shows happening and some people made it under the wire. We were not one of those conferences. We had to beg, borrow and steal every, everything we had to, to just make it work. And And yeah, we we had to come to the realization that it just at that time things were just spiraling spiraling out of control so quickly right. that you know it was unlike anything we'd ever seen right like I never thought that we would do no live events right if if you make the mistake yourself and kind of shoot yourself in the foot that's one thing but you know these were outside environmental things and so we had to work real closely with our hotel partners our convention center partners and basically just say hey look this is a health crisis it's a go no go and we just at this point our companies our partners are telling us don't do it don't go um you know so it became more of a safety conversation for most uh you know at that time you just kind of unfortunately got to bite the bullet and make that tough decision to to put the brakes on and many many of our partners our sponsors our attendees they were very kind to allow us to defer the monies that they had paid us instead of asking for refunds i would say probably 99 percent said you know what hold on to the money use it for next year let's just let's punt and mm-hmm. you know and because nobody knew how long this thing was going to go on for right. and and you know uh, at the end of the day here we are we couldn't do our show in June, we couldn't do our show in July, which we then subsequently worked with our partners to move those events back into the calendar year. Thinking, okay, let's get as far away from this as possible, and say November, where okay, yeah, we're going to be fine in November. Yeah. yeah, come, come to believe. Nope, right, <laughs> not going to happen in November. So when when that became very apparent, we jumped into kind of the we need to start demoing virtual conference software mode, right? And and that's where there. there There is a lot of fish in the sea when it came to virtual conference software and there is varying degrees of the quality of the software and they were being developed extremely fast and at very different price points you could buy a la carte which is kind of what I saw most of. Um, We landed on a product called Hop In. I had gone on countless webinars and listened to so many people trying to say, hey, what's the best of breed? What are the advantages, disadvantages? And and the reason we went with Hop In is is one, it was a very agile kind of software. It provided kind of everything we needed in terms of networking. It had a virtual trade show component, had really great scheduling. It had some cool keynote kind of features. It was Scalable, So if we wanted to go up to a million people, we could. And it looked like a lot of companies were using it. Maybe not for the trade show function, but yeah. for a meeting function. So so that's what we went with. And um, the one great thing about it is, you know, it was more expensive up front to purchase, but it's a one-year license for unlimited events. So right. if I host one or I host 10, it's the same price. You're just kind of amortizing it over yeah. the life cycle of, of that license. And so my roadmap was to try to build out more virtual events because the reality on the ground was we didn't think the COVID thing would get resolved uh, quickly. Obviously, the vaccine is knocking on the doorstep, but realistically, I think we're all still skeptical if we're even going to be able to have live in-person shows in the summer, which I'm optimistic that we will, but chances are, you know, it it all depends on how fast, what's people's willingness to take the vaccine, that there's just, and you can't force anyone to do it, right? Yeah. Um, there's been I, a big discussion
1: around that. I think you're, I think you're coming to, you know, I, I like what you said. So at first it was like, well, let's hold off. Let's hold off. Let's hold off. Uh, you know, surely it'll come back around by November. We'll just get back to normal. And I think a lot of business owners probably went through the same thing. Like, let's just sit tight. Let's, let's be smart. Uh, it's going to come around. And then it sounds like something switched in you going, listen, we're going to have to start being proactive instead of reactive. We're going to have to start taking the reins. And figure. Let's let's start looking for whatever the you know that you settle on the hop in software there. Let's let's start being proactive. And how do we how do we leverage the audience we have? How do we leverage the loyalty that we've been able to achieve? How do we leverage the 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 great talent pool that we have as a staff and really be proactive and try to get in front of people with these virtual events? I mean, I think that sounds like kind of a pivotal point to where for you and you can you can maybe uh, embellish that a little bit there, or talk about it or disagree altogether. Right? Maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. To go from, oh, man, let's just sit tight to, no, 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 let's go forward. We don't know when this is over. We have to evolve as a company. Do you have that moment, it sounds like?
2: Yeah, I think we do have that moment where we just come to the realization that, you know, we're going to need to move into that space. And I think if we would have moved into the space earlier, it might have been premature because I believe that the conference softwares were evolving so quickly yeah. that, that it was just, you know, people were just drinking from a fire hose trying to get, get normalized in some way. So, you know, we rolled out our first virtual event in September. It was the 21st through the 24th of September called bus technology summit, which did not exist prior. So it wasn't like we were filling the gap of doing an event we had always done and just throwing a band aid right. on it. No, we literally curated a brand new event that did not exist previously. And yeah. we went out to our customers and we got buy-in. So well, I the think thing. That you w- had
1: to create content based on the reality of life now, too. You couldn't come with the same content, right?
2: Yeah, no, definitely not. And and that again was my my chief content officer was losing all his hair over having to create all this content. <laughs> but you know, Ryan, I, I'm sorry, right. my friend. You, but but the, you know, but yeah, with <laughs> with what happened, you know, my my vision for that was to actually allow our partners to be the content. So yeah. we kind of put the hammer in the hands of our of our uh, companies and our partners and our technology partners because they were the experts and they had the customer bases to enroll them in participating in this event. So I think that was probably pivotal is getting a few really strong technology champions, leaders in the space, yeah. and getting them to then reach out to their customers and offer it. And now we offered the show for free. So we did not charge attendees out of the gate. It was a free model. We had, it was all sponsored driven. Uh, you know, I was conflicted. Do you charge? Do you not charge? But you know, I thought it was the right thing to do out out of the gate was not to charge because of the situation and because the event never existed before so it was kind of like a, a goodwill gesture and definitely we got response like at a normal conference in person you know we'll probably range paid attendees between 500 and about 900 paid attendees per yeah. event yeah. at this event I had 1800 sign That's ups awesome. 1800 sign ups. <laughs> so so that was a big that was a big number and the sponsor really like that number. They liked being able to reach a lot of the uh, decision makers. And and what's so interesting about virtual is a lot of these companies are looking at the business model and saying, hmm, maybe, maybe this is viable long-term because I'm not having to send 10 sales reps to a show and pay $20,000 for drayage and oh, yeah. airline flights and food. And I'm getting much higher ROI out of this engagement type there's a model here that's viable. And now they're looking at it and saying, yeah, we're budgeting for 2021 for you to do this bus technology summit again, regardless if in-person comes back, because we really do feel that it's a viable business model. So, so I yeah. think that's an interesting thing that's taking place. And you know, one of my customers gave the analogy, and it's really, really a great analogy. After 9-11, you will never travel through an airport the same way again, You know, taking off your shoes, going through that process being screened tif- 10 different ways this is kind of like that type of event it's it's a a cataclysmic kind of event that literally changes the landscape of modern life yeah. and i think when we go back w- when the post pandemic comes in there's a lot of things like video meetings and zooms and virtual conferences and uh, maybe cleaning I-, I feel a lot better about my hotel room and my <laughs> airline and my restaurants that they're taking much more proactive cleaning measures and yeah. I sure hope that stays because uh, we definitely could use a, a little little more of that
1: yeah lots of things you know you, you said this is viable for the future I think a lot of us have learned a lot of things that are going to be viable for the future and I have no doubt that you have taken some of those things as well and let, let me let me uh, transition just a little bit I mean as I have the opportunity to work across the country with lots of different business owners and and presidents of companies and and you are without a doubt definitely one of the most agile, proactive, you know, just push forward kind of people that I that I have the opportunity to work with, but that's not to say that your staff necessarily always is. So walk us through, how do you manage the staff? How did you manage the staff whenever it was like, Hey, we're going a completely different direction. And now it's almost more of a production behind the scenes. I know you have some, you know, people that help with the events uh, as well heavily, but what does that look like now for them? How do you manage the staff as you're walking through that transition too?
2: Yeah. I think really what that is too, is when you look at the same enrollment that you have with your customers, you have to enroll your staff in this concept too. And, and I, I think, you know, we were committed to the staff. We want to make sure that they understood the implications of what a successful event looked like and what an unsuccessful event looked like. So there was a lot of skin in the game, I think. You know, we were committed not to furlough people. We've kept all our staff through this whole thing. Yeah, that's um, awesome. we've, pr- we've provided insurance. Everybody's pay has been stable. You know, we haven't given anybody haircuts. You know, everybody <laughs> has... Has remained whole, basically. And I think, you know, we as a company remained very transparent about all the decisions that were being made, and everybody was involved in the value chain. Everyone and everybody understood what the value of the events were and how each department could contribute to the success of the virtual events. So I think it's brought a lot of passion. We typically have a younger staff, and that younger staff, I think, is being challenged unlike any other time in our company's history before. And they're excited for that challenge because they're on the bleeding edge of event management and event. almost like a a transitional moment that is occurring in the event space. And they're at the forefront of that. And they like looking at those softwares. They like seeing the nuance of it and the differences and, and working with people. And, you know, we were able to use a lot of the tools that we already had in place that we were using in the live events. We were able to adapt those tools. And and so there was already a level of familiarity with some of the software programs and the vendors and suppliers. And, um, you know, that, that made it a much smoother transition when you've got the buy in from your staff, the buy in from your customers, everybody's on the train going in the same direction or we say in the school bus industry, everybody's on the bus going in the same direction. (laughs) So, so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's always good. You know, I I didn't see anything that would lead me to believe that we left anybody behind. Everybody was fully bought into the idea and, and they understood what the ramifications were of, of a successful event as well as not because it all compiles because if you have one successful event, that equals potentially two or three or four. But if you have one, failed event, that's where you potentially can lose trust with your customer base. And that then does not lend itself to a a good experience the second or third or fourth time. So I think, you know, now that we're about to pursue our third virtual event, we completed our second in November, we have our third in January, um, the sponsors keep sponsoring. And if they didn't like it, they wouldn't spend the money. So that's interesting. And one one of the big things that I found initially that happened was they There were other virtual events that were being done very haphazardly. They weren't very thoughtful and people were signing up sponsors and they were having extremely poor experiences. And that made it a lot more challenging for me to enroll them in what we were doing. So we had to do a lot of handholding to get people to a place where they felt comfortable. Um, It didn't hurt having 1800 signups either and showing them that, but there's, just, there's apprehension. If you get burned once, you're going to be apprehensive regardless of who it was or whatever. It's not even the same market vertical, different company, different an association, you know, and, and I heard that time and time again, of people like, Ooh, we had a real bad experience. I don't know. My boss isn't going to spend the money to do that. Yikes. Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, thank you. And, you know, I just kept working with them to try to get them in the place where they saw value. And after they did it, here we are in November, they, I had the conversation with that same customer and they said to me, you are still the best virtual event we have done in 2020 and yeah, hands and down.
1: I mean, that's definitely something to be proud of. And I mean, you have a great name and reputation in the business. And so that, you know, that you already had some trust built up there too. It doesn't, it's interesting what you're saying, but it doesn't surprise me with the poor events and they were not thoughtful because people were, people were scrambling, right? You know, and, and one of the, one of the number one things that, you know, the companies that we've worked with, especially a lot of the companies that did make their, make their Hey, so to speak, in uh, event space. I mean, we're at a loss trying to let's put something together. Let's put something together, and this is the reason that I wanted to have you on today was because you figured out how to do it and how to do it well, and you know, kind of create a model with your staff to say, yeah, this is kind of who we are now. In fact, we're not even just buckled up just to hopefully one one day get back to that space. I mean, we are hoping one day to get back to that space, and hopefully, it's in the near future. But if, if not, we're okay because we've got a good model for what this looks like. You know, going forward here too. So what would you, let me ask you one more question here. As a president of a company who's been able to kind of ebb and flow and navigate and now give yourself a re-identification, if I can say that, of how we do business and how we pull these events off. What would you say to other uh, presidents of companies who are, man, they are faced with the same kind of dilemma? What are, are, without even knowing the business, what are some of those things that you would say that they might need to think through as they are transitioning to what a rebranding of themselves might look like?
2: Hmm, That's a great question. And I think that the component of redefining what you're doing as a business ultimately lies with your customers. You know, you have to provide something to them that they need. So I think you have to identify what your clients need, regardless of what market vertical you're in. Where's that gap and how can you potentially fill that gap? Even if it's short term, it still is going to build trust. You're going to deepen your relationship with that customer. And that potentially could end up being more business in ancillary businesses like more magazine revenue podcast sponsorships you know when people are looking at their budgets for 2021 I'm having a lot of conversations that sound like, hey, other mediums that we work with at all the different market verticals, you're one of the very few that have pivoted really well, and we recognize that, and we're going to push more budget into your bucket, and you know what, that is something, again, I bring that message back to my team as you should bring it back to your team mm-hmm. and share that success with your team because they are a critical piece of the success of everything that you're doing. Without those people, you would not be successful. The sponsors mm-hmm. alone, we couldn't do it. You need all the people in the cogs, all the cogs working together to, yeah. to make it work, right? Teamwork and makes th- a dream work.
1: And I think you're you hit the nail on the head there. Whenever I need to identify what it is that my customers need and what they needed before might not be what they need now. So I have to, you know, you, earlier you said, man, I, I've i got to be agile. I'm ready to move, you know, taking a chance, be proactive, support your staff. I mean, I think all of those, in addition to what you said is also, man, those, those are good tips. Doesn't matter what my line of business is. Doesn't matter what industry I'm in. Doesn't matter where I'm located in the country. These are probably good tips as a leader that I can take into account to be able to help navigate my company going uh, going forward. So I appreciate the conversation today. I really wanted to talk to you, especially about the event space there, the virtual events. You're a mover and a shaker, man. And you figured it out. And and kudos to you and, and STN there. And and check out Tony's podcast as well. Where can they find your podcast, by the way?
2: Yeah, it's called School Transportation Nation. You can go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're there. Our website is stnonline.com. That is the uh, all the news information around school and student transportation, COVID-19 challenges. Challenges, school yeah. restart. If you're ever wondering, hey, why is my school closing down, or what's going on, we might have a story on that. Like, uh, for instance, LAUSD uh, they closed down uh, recently, and uh, they're not reopening till January 11th. So, uh, again, we're open, we're closed, we're open, we're closed. It's uh, it's kind of crazy yeah. times. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping for uh, you know a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel here with all this craziness, and you know, I really hope schools can get back on track and uh, kids can get back in the classroom. And we're yeah. committed to that successful kind of path forward. And I think everybody's in the entire industry that we're in is moving in that direction is committed to that. They're doing everything they can to be sure they do it safely and mindfully. And yeah, okay. and that's what we're all about. So I really glad I was able to jump on with you and share a little bit. Thanks a lot for, uh, for having me, Matt.
0: Thanks for listening in on today's interview with Tony Corpin of School Transportation News. Tony gave a lot of great advice today. So I think one thing that was really important that Matt asked about was how to manage staff through big changes in your organization. And something that Tony said was to help staff understand the implications of changing or not changing. So create some skin in the game by helping people know how they can contribute to the success of the organization. Another thing that he said that I think is so important is to Be committed to your team. One part of doing that is to be transparent about decisions being made. I love that. When asked about advice for leaders who are looking at rebranding or pivoting their business, Tony said, you know, to find out what your customers need, regardless of what market vertical you are in, and then share successes with your team to help them stay motivated and see how they are winning at the end of the day. Thanks so much for listening today. Check today's show notes to find a link to STN, one of their events and if you are interested in connecting with tony also we would love to hear from you did you listen to our last episode about goal setting email us and share some of your goals for the year we want to cheer you on and please do us a favor by liking subscribing and reviewing our podcast so other podcast junkies can find us i hope you all have a great week Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time, and in the meantime, lead well.